Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. How are you feeling about the increase in petrol prices, the increase in power and the increase in the cost of groceries at the supermarket and other essential items? Not to mention the huge blank spots that we keep seeing on the shelves when we go to the shops. I just want to know, are you feeling the pinch? Is all of this making you think twice about where you shop? or even where you go. Maybe you've got a champagne lifestyle. I think a lot of people these days do have a champagne lifestyle. We enjoy the good life. And um, if you've got a champagne lifestyle, it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be sitting pretty, you know, sipping on that glass of bubbly. But what it does mean is that you've become accustomed to a certain level of living, a certain way of living and having certain things in your life. And because we're creatures of habit, we tend to continue the same lifestyle, even when we're going through something, a time like we are living in at the moment, where the cost of living has increased and our level of income has probably stayed the same. So the danger is if we can't adapt to the current situation, then what will happen is we'll find ourselves going backwards and the financial pinch will increase. It'll get more over time until we're feeling really overwhelmed by that horrible pressure that comes from feeling the pinch and not having enough money. It is super stressful. It can be the cause of breakdown in relationships and a lot of disharmony in your household. So it's a really, really important thing for everybody to have the best possible chance of managing their finances. It's a really common plight and that's why this is the topic that we're covering on this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. So let's open the door and see how we can all get resourceful, get creative, get flexible, get a plan of action together and get proactive. Um, let's find out why it's so dangerous to become too accustomed to a champagne lifestyle. And better still, let's find five things that you can do to avoid feeling the pinch in these uncertain times that we're going through. Just a caution. If you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. I was wondering what to talk about on this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. And I've been doing quite a bit of driving lately and I've seen the cost in petrol just going through the roof and um, 
it's meant that I had to, I've been spending a lot more money on things like petrol and also going to the supermarket. I've just noticed these increases in costs in these different areas. And even with things like the cost of electricity, I'm super conscious of the rise in the cost of electricity. It's crazy times at the moment. And this is happening to all of us and something that we all need to know how to manage so that we can get through this and we basically we don't fall apart under the pressure and the stress that um, these increased costs of living might be causing us. So I want to talk about a few different things. And, you know, one of those things is that we're creatures of habit and this there's no difference in, you know, whether we're, we've got our habits and routines with what we do in our day. There's, we also have habits when it comes to our spending and we're not even necessarily aware of a certain level that we're living at and we're not even necessarily aware that there's a lot of wriggle room going on with what we are spending because we're not necessarily really caring about what we need and making a distinction about what we need and what we want. So this is something I've talked about in other earlier episodes where I talk about things that have um, information about becoming more financially literate. And this is something that we're not actually taught in school, which is crazy because it's a life skill that everybody needs. We all need to know how to manage our money as best we can. So that's why I thought, oh my goodness, this, you know, prices are going through the roof and I can't go to a petrol station and fill up my car for under $100 at the moment. It's just crazy. So there's quite substantial increases to our costs of living and we need all the tricks that we can possibly tap into to get through all of this time and still meet all of our needs in life. So let's have a look at that and, um, and just look at knowing and understanding that there's always going to be variables there's always going to be unforeseen expenses that you know fall outside of those habitual spending that we have but there is lots of things that we spend money on regularly so it's good to know that this is also all it's all relative okay because it'll be different for different people for some people they won't buy anything um, but a certain brand because they have a perceived idea that they have to have that brand even when they can buy a product that is the same for less money. So that will be one person's, you know, level and one person's sort of habit of spending what they're accustomed to doing. And it'll be different for somebody else. For somebody else, it might be that they don't care about the brand. What they want to do is they want to find the best deal out there so that they have as much money in, left in their own pocket as possible. So 
there's a really funny saying in Australia that you might hear someone say about someone else when they feel that they're living, that that person is living way beyond their means. And that is, oh, they've got a champagne lifestyle when they're only, they've only got a beer budget. So beer being, you know, like a big, a big drink here in Australia um, that's looked at, you know, like the beer budget isn't as much as the champagne budget, but many people have a champagne budget when they've actually only got enough money coming in to have that beer. So that's a good way of looking at it and making that distinction and saying, well, what can you afford? Because that's what you really need to be looking at. So it's a really dangerous way to live when you've got a champagne lifestyle um, and you're ignoring that you're on a beer budget, especially especially at the moment when there are these massive increases in the cost of living and interest rates on loans are also on the rise. So it's time to get savvy. It's time to be aware and it's time to make changes to keep your savings and your investment habits in place by making some changes in your spending and perhaps looking at how you might be able to even earn a few more dollars. That sounds good, doesn't it? So there are two ways basically to maintain your current lifestyle and your current spending habits. One is to earn more money and the other is to spend less. So rather than be confronted from the stress that comes from, from noticing the increase in prices and get overwhelmed by fear on where this might eventually lead to, which is going to happen, it's natural that you're going to have these feelings because there have been big jumps and you know it would be very understandable if you're having you know fears around these big increases in the costs of living but I just want to spend some time now just talking about what you can do to avoid feeling the pinch and there's I'm not going to be able to cover everything, but what I want to do is I want to arm you with some concepts to help open up the floodgates of creativity for you so that you can start turning your mind to what you can do and start getting proactive about that. Now, before I go any further, I just want to say, you know, maybe you're somebody where there is someone in your household who is impacting badly on your ability to control your finances. Maybe, you know, there is someone in your household who has a drug or alcohol problem, or maybe even a gambling addiction that is making it impossible for you to manage your money or your situation. So if this is the case for you, then I encourage you to please contact a domestic abuse and family violence counselling service or even a drug and alcohol or gambling um, counselling service that can be found online and talk to them about what's going on and see what you might be able to do to get some support with your situation so that you can start becoming more empowered 
with your finances. It's really, really important for you to get the support that you need so that you can start taking back some control and you're not just a victim of circumstance that is not within your control. So if this is you, I just, I want you to know that I'm coming from a place of somebody who's experienced this. I went through that with my ex-partner and, and it didn't change. I couldn't, I couldn't change anything for myself. I was basically going down a, a downward spiral and going down the gurgler, um, unable to sort of improve anything until I did something really drastic and I actually fled and I severed all ties with him. Sometimes that is what you need to do. And I'm not saying that that's going to be the right thing to do for you and your situation, but I encourage you to tap into support. I tapped into support and that in the end was the best case scenario for me to get a fresh start and to start regaining control of my life and of my finances. So I encourage you to also get the support and then really, really listen and ask for some advice about what is going to be right for you to help you navigate the challenges that you're facing not forgetting that, you know, my most important message to you is to always put your safety first. That has to be the most, you know, basic consideration is your safety. So get some support around that, please. So now the only thing that really helped me to get through the other side, and I'm not saying the only thing, but one of the key things that really helped me to get through to the other side was that I needed to learn to get really resourceful. And I believe women are very resourceful. It's amazing what they can do when they're going through challenges and they're called upon to do something to try and overcome that challenge. So I am confident that you are going to have resourcefulness inside you if you're not already tapping into it and you might be tapping into it and you might not be giving yourself credit for how resourceful you are. It's very, very hard to see objectively when you're looking at your own life of how resourceful you are when you're in the thick of it because in your head you're probably just thinking, I'm just doing what I need to do to survive here. I'm basically just hanging on by a thread at the moment and you don't see how powerful you are, but you are powerful and there are amazing things that you'll be doing and you may not even be aware of how resourceful you're being. So I, what I'm going to share with you are ways that I survived those times and started to get back up on my feet again. I had, you know, really hit rock bottom financially um, in that relationship and I had to learn how to make money stretch like a rubber band, ready to snap just to survive and get by I know what it's like to live from week to week with no backup, no credit card, no loan, just living on what I had 
when I was on welfare and trying to make that stretch to pay for the rent, the bills and, you know, keep up with keeping enough food on the table and whatever the kids needed. So, yes, you do learn to make money stretch when you're going through hard times. And that's something that everybody needs to learn right now is how to make your dollars stretch as far as you possibly can. So, there's going to be changes that are needed in order to be able to do this. You can't have the same spending habits. You can't be doing the same, exactly the same things and expending exactly, you know, like you'll be spending more on the same things if you continue to have exactly the same lifestyle. So you'll need to make some changes. I don't like using the word sacrifice because it makes you feel maybe feel sorry for yourself for needing to make that change needing to let go of something but you don't necessarily have to let go of something it might just be that you need to find a cheaper product so you can have the same thing so going through this time where prices are climbing it's not as daunting for me as it may be for others because I've learned many, many skills to manage my money in tough times. But that doesn't mean that I can get complacent. It doesn't mean that I can just kick back. I still need to do all the things that I'm going to share with you in this episode. The first thing that you can do is to get resourceful, as I said. There are lots of different ways you can get resourceful. The first way that you can get resourceful is to see how you can put down, um, how you can put down, how you can cut down rather on some of your existing costs. First, we're going to just take a quick look at energy usage because we all use power. We all have power in our homes and electricity prices have gone up. That's one of those things that's really impacting on people and people are going, oh, wow, this is really, I'm feeling the pinch just because of electricity use or gas, if you have gas, you're using gas in your home. So how can you cut down on the energy usage? There are lots and lots of ways, but heating and cooling can be one of the bigger expenses when it comes to energy use in the home. And I'm not suggesting that you don't use your heating or cooling, but we can get so used to heating and cooling that we forget when it's cold, we can put on an extra layer of clothes. I don't know if if anyone saw the intro of this, then you would have seen that I'm wearing a, like a fluffy vest on top of, you know, my sweater. And that's giving me that extra layer of warmth that I need so that I don't have, I can use the heating sparingly. So, you know, don't run around in a T-shirt in the freezing cold and have the heating pumped up to full and have it on forever. But just, you know, use a bit of um, common sense and be practical and just, you know, 
put some warmer clothes on and you'll need to use the heating less than before. The same thing obviously goes when it's cold, dress appropriately for the weather, you know, don't wear too many clothes in the heat wear light clothing, um, use fans over using an air conditioning unit before you turn the air conditioner on. If you can cool your place enough using a fan, use the fan because fans actually use a lot less energy than what the air conditioners do. And that's just one example of something that can make a huge difference to your power bill. But there are lots of little things that you that can add up like remembering to turn the lights off when you're not in rooms or making sure to shut down your computer or turning your tv off at the main and one of the things that um you know i really didn't know much about until recently is heating water uses a lot of energy so um get savvy with your usage on hot water I'm not suggesting that you start having cold showers um, that limit the time that you're in the shower. And it's great for the, for the planet as well if we're saving energy and also if we're saving, you know, a precious resource like water and not having long, long showers. Here in Australia, we've been through droughts and we are used to um, water saving uh, techniques and habits and um, it's it is a habit so if you can have a two minute shower then you are going to be using a lot less hot water and you'll be using a lot less water too so I I sort of have a quick shower um, most days and I'll allow myself a longer shower when I'm washing my hair because I've got long hair so it does take me a bit longer than two minutes to wash my hair but it's not every day of the week that I'll have that long, longer shower. So other than that, there's lots of other ways, um, you know, maybe you can tap into an energy rebate that the government might be offering to upgrade your energy efficiency in your home and do some research online for energy saving tips because there are lots and lots of ideas online about what you can do. We just tapped into a rebate by updating our reverse cycle heater and cooler. Another thing we're doing is fitting a, a clear film designed to be another layer of insulation on our windows and um, that again is going to insulate our home better and that will mean that we uh, it'll keep the temperature more even inside and we won't be able to have to use the heating or the cooling as much to regulate the temperature so there's so many things and it's really good to do a bit of research and see what changes you can make in your home to make that big impact little changes can make a big impact so just do some research and see what you can do to start cutting down on the cost of electricity now so I've, I've talked a bit about saving money with energy but there are lots of ways to save money and I get so excited about saving money because on on your spending that's what really excites me because you can save a lot of money by being really conscious about the cost of things and um, and looking for the best deal and looking for the cheapest price. 
So one of the things that, you know, I've done recently is I found the cheapest petrol station in my area to fill up my car. So I have to be really strategic about it's a little bit out of the way. So I know that when I'm in that area, that's the time that I go and top up my car because I can save, you know, about $10 on a tank of petrol, which it might not sound like much, but that's a saving of $500 in a year, which for me is great. I'm really happy if I know that by being strategic and going somewhere where the petrol's cheaper, I can save $500 in a year. Fantastic. Um so that's just one thing I've done. But maybe looking at, you know, buying some staple items in bulk. Um that you know have like a long use by date on them then that can often work out cheaper than buying things in small quantities so you could even maybe get like really savvy with it and start a little co-op you know within your community and go and buy a bulk item and then split it up between people so everybody's making a saving and you don't have to store a huge amount of whatever that is so um yeah it's really the sky's the limit and how much you can do here it's you will find there's lots and lots of scope to save money another trick that I've been using for years when I go to the supermarket um I really really buy because of it's a certain brand. There are a couple of items that I do, but it's very rare. I always look at the cost per gram and I go with the cheapest. So my kids are so used to mum always looking for the bargains. So if you not go, if you look the lower down on a supermarket shelf that you look that you'll find that you'll find the no-name brands and they're often cheaper than other brands. And they always put those things at the bottom so that they're very strategic in the way that they put things on shelves in the supermarket. So they'll always put the like the more expensive things right in your line of vision um, because people don't generally want to look down to find what they're looking for and they don't want to bend down to get what they're getting either. So um, supermarkets understand the way people are and so they place things very strategically on the shelves. So look down if you're looking for um, a bargain. And I always do things like if I see something like toothpaste is marked down to half price, I'll buy two and um, then I know that I, when I need more toothpaste, I don't have to buy another tube at when it's not on sale anymore. So that's there's you can do so much when you're in the supermarket and you can really cut down the cost on your groceries, even sometimes by choosing where you shop when it comes to the supermarket. If you don't go to the supermarket on an empty stomach uh, because you'll always get cravings and you'll buy more impulsively um, than if you're going in when you've got a full stomach and you can be <laughs> a lot more in control of your spending. So another thing that you can do is to rethink your commute. So 
um, whether that's you commuting how you're getting to and from your place of work or whether that's visiting people or like for me, I've got three teenagers and I feel like I'm running a taxi service at the moment. So I have to be really strategic about dropping my kids off and picking them up from places. So I, they might think I'm a bit mean, but I encourage them to use public transport as much as they can. Um, it's also, it's an environmental impact. The, you know, I wish I had an electric car. I don't have an electric car at the moment. And I know that my petrol car is having a negative impact on the environment. So I, I want to get a bit more strategic about what I'm using it for. And so if my kids can jump on a bus, I'd rather they jump on a bus than me use my car to, you know, to run them around. So there's a few things that go into that. Um, and I also try and, you know, like say, all right, who's doing this? All right, well, I've, I'll pick you up and then I'll pick you up. So I'm doing you know doing picking two of them up in the same run without going back home and then going back out again again it's getting strategic so but the other reason I encourage my kids to catch public transport is I want my kids to be independent as much as possible to help them to know how to confidently get around themselves I, it's all about building confidence in themselves and helping them be, you know, problem solvers, helping them to make plans for themselves. Okay, how am I going to get from A to B? All of that is like it's helping them to have those life skills that they'll need to when they when they move out of home. So when they leave the nest. Anyway, maybe you've got some ideas of your own about how you can save money. And I'd love, love, love to hear what they are um, because I don't know everything that there is about how to save money and I'd love to learn from you. So the next thing that you can do which ties into being resourceful is to be creative. So being creative means that you need to be very open-minded. When you're open-minded, you can see possible ways to save money or make more money. So that's the other alternative. So maybe you've got one stream of income at the moment and you don't know how you can fit in any more. Um, well, what if you could do something that you love and be making some extra money? Wouldn't that be awesome? I totally get that whatever you're doing for your bread and butter might be taking up a lot of your available time. So the last thing you might feel like doing is taking on another job. So um, I'm just going to give you a couple of examples of ways that you can do this in a, a way that's going to be joyful for you and not feel like a noose around your neck, okay? Um, so... I have recently taken on a casual position um, where in a caring role where I'm helping to transport people around and take them to their appointments and it's elderly people um, or people with complex health needs and that's helping to supplement my income at the moment. And it's good. I enjoy it. But the reason I bring this up is, you know, like that's something that I've done because I've gone, okay, what can I do to help supplement um, the costs of living at the moment? Yes, I can 
do a casual job on top of what I'm doing at the moment and fit it in with everything else. But I'm meeting some beautiful people. And one of the ladies that I met recently, she actually, um, she was a nurse professionally. That, that's what she was doing. But she had a hobby. She's a painter and she loves painting. Not only does she love painting, but she loved painting porcelain dolls. So she turned her hobby into a side hustle. For years, she would make these porcelain dolls and she would um, she would sew their outfits and she would sell these dolls for like $200 a doll. So she, she told me at one point she had like $10,000 worth of dolls in her house. So she managed to find something that she was very passionate about that she absolutely loved doing and she made money doing it. So that's just one example. And, you know, what I did when I was going through um, a time where it was very, very difficult for me to even entertain having any kind of traditional employment because of all of the instability that was going on in my life because of the abusive relationship, I um, found that I, I was I had a part-time job as a shop assistant in this vintage um, market and I then took my own stall and I started to source vintage and antiques um, from places like thrift shops and I would resell them and make a profit. So I never made like a massive amount of money, but it was my side hustle and it brought me in those extra dollars that I desperately needed. So that's just a couple of examples to hopefully ignite your imagination a little bit so that you can have a little bit of a think about what you love doing that could possibly bring some money in for you. Again, um, go to the internet and do some research to see what side hustles people have that are out there that they're doing that are fun and lucrative. So you might either already be doing something that you could make into a side hustle or you might discover something you'd like to try. My advice is to start out with low startup costs because you don't want the burden of pressure of having to spend a lot to trial something. So, and the next is to just get flexible. This is after, you know, talking about the side hustle, the next skill that you really need to have is to get flexible. Now you could start off by doing yoga and you will probably go a very long way to helping you navigate any financial challenges that you might be facing doing some yoga, breathing in, stretching and exhaling because you'll feel limber and relaxed. But seriously, being flexible will help you to adapt and change things to make you feel less pressured and that's a great thing if you're rigid and uh, determined to keep living exactly the same way having exactly the same stuff as before without doing extra work to bring extra money in to counteract the increase in prices then you'll be digging a financial well for yourself to fall into and then you might 
be waiting there for a while for someone else to pull you out of that well. So what does being flexible mean? So being flexible means being aware. It means being mindful of what you have, what you want, what you need, what you can do and what you can stop doing. I often say it all starts with awareness. If you have no idea of your spending habits or if you have no current budget, as much as you might want to be flexible, you may not be making the right changes to have the desired impact. And I think that's where a lot of fear creeps in is when you don't have enough information. So you need to start getting curious and start getting more information so that you can make some changes and be flexible with what's happening to you so when you have an idea of what your needs are in terms of your basic needs of living then you can adapt with the things that are non-essentials or you can look at what else you can add on to bring in a bit more money so it just gives you so much more scope maybe you might need to be flexible and forego that takeaway coffee I bring up the takeaway coffee a bit and, uh, you know, I tell you I am, you know, I love a takeaway coffee as much as the next person. But the reason I bring it up as an example is I think that we all, you know, generally love that takeaway coffee and um, and it, it might actually just fall into that luxury item category at the moment with the rise of costs in living. It might be something that you can be flexible about and make a change with. So um, when you decide to be flexible, you can take control with the right mindset. So instead of feeling like sacrifices are being forced on you, you can say something like, I'm okay with going without my takeaway coffee because I know that gives me peace of mind which is precious, that I have enough to put into my savings now um, that my fixed expenses have increased with the cost of living increasing. And I would otherwise have had to forego saving any money at the moment. So what's the best scenario there? Oh, yeah, it's nice to know that you've still got the ability to save something. So maybe sacrificing that coffee right now might be the right thing to do. And you might feel okay about it knowing that, yes, the outcome is going to be a really positive one for you. And being flexible doesn't mean that you have to lose your personal power. It's actually a skill of keeping a sense of peace by knowing that you have the power to choose. So if you've been through an abusive relationship, you'll know what it is to have your decision-making power taken away from you and being flexible might not feel safe to you. After all, being flexible means give and take. It means compromising some of the things that you want. And being forced to compromise will more than likely hold some trauma for you on making choices so my advice to you is to start small when you when you take small risks you have less to lose so make a choice to change something small maybe something like i'm going to go without that takeaway coffee 
for three days out of the five days that I normally buy that takeaway coffee. That way you're not giving it up altogether and you're still holding control over what you're holding on to and what you're letting go of. The more accustomed you become to making conscious choices to make changes, the easier it will become and the more confident you will become in making these choices. And you'll find over time that you are able to risk more because you will trust that it is possible to have positive outcomes by making compromises that you have determined for yourself. So I am all about empowering you and um, and helping you to be strong in yourself again. So the next is to get a plan of action together. This evolves um, from being flexible. So we're moving on now from being flexible. When you open your mind to change, you can give things considered thought. Basically, you can think things through. If you struggle with forward planning because you trust in plans of your choosing coming to fruition um, because that's been shattered because someone else took control of your life, then again, it's a good idea to start small. So let's take the coffee scenario. So step number one, stop buying takeaway coffee and save $25 per week. Step two, set up an automatic deduction from your account to go into a fixed-term savings account for one year. Step three, after saving for one year, take $300 from the $1,300 saved and invest it in either superannuation or a long-term investment. That's a plan. It's a positive plan. And you can apply that example that I've just given to anything, whether it's a plan to save energy um, use by doing something simply like turning the lights off or having the heating going less and determining, you know, how much you're going to use it, that's creating a concrete plan. So um, you need to get specific when you're making plans. So I, when I said that, I didn't, I wasn't vague. I didn't say stop buying, buying takeaway coffee uh, and save something from that. And after a year, put something away. I got really specific and I said, you know, save $25 a week Um you know, save for a year in a fixed term account. And then at the end of that, you have got, I want to, the intention is to take $300 from that $1,300. I want to leave that $1,000 in savings and put $300 to invest in something else or put it into my superannuation for my retirement. So that's being really specific. And that's what planning is, is getting really specific, but it doesn't have to be a thousand steps Keep the steps small and simple and achievable and you'll have you'll set yourself up to succeed with your plan. Okay, so um, I am somebody who could not forward plan to save myself because I wasn't in control of the next destructive sabotaging act that my ex-partner was going to inflict on me or my children. 
And that made me a victim of circumstance. And um, what that meant is that I really had to learn to find what choices I could find when certain circumstances outside of my control were impacting negatively on my life. I needed to learn that skill and we all need to learn that skill because there's no certainty for a future for any of us. You know, as much as we would like to assume that we're going to be around for the next 40 years or 50 years, we, you know, and I'm not talking about as the human race right now, I'm talking about us as individuals we don't know how long we're here for um, and there's so much in life that just isn't in our control so one of the things that we need to do is we need to make peace with this but that doesn't mean giving up that doesn't mean giving in and it doesn't mean getting apathetic and thinking that there's nothing that we can do to improve our situation because it's about having a quality of life and that's really um, where we derive satisfaction from. So it's not from having these, you know, things that we feel that we need to have that champagne lifestyle. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that, you know, deep-seated um, sense of satisfaction that you derive from your life when your life is you know that you, you you are doing what you can to have a good life and you are um, choosing to find joy wherever you can in your life that that's going to be bringing you more reward than that takeaway coffee will if you are still holding on to that takeaway coffee and say I'm not going to give up my takeaway coffee if you're not going to give up your takeaway coffee that's fine maybe there's something else that you could um, you could either give up for a bit and put that into savings or that you know you get creative I'm not telling you to take to necessarily give up that takeaway coffee all right um, so sometimes, you know, we all have to surrender to things outside of our control to find peace. That is something we need to learn to do. Um, when, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't do anything about our situation. We should always look for what we can do to improve it, even if that means, okay, we're not able to do anything, but maybe we can tap into support and get some help with this so that um, that will eventually help us to be able to uh, gain regain the control that we need to be able to um, make changes for ourselves. So none of us is in control of this rising cost of living business that's going on at the moment, but, you know, don't discount that there is still so much that is in your control. And it's your job to make the most of it. So now you can start making some plans um, because I've given you that simple step-by-step -step process of making plans. The next thing that you need to do is to get proactive and put them into action because the best laid plans are, will, can amount to absolutely nothing if we don't start 
putting them into action. So you absolutely do play an active part in changing your situation. And as I said, I'm all about helping you to become empowered again. And that is knowing that you are powerful and you absolutely can have an impact on changing things in your life. So you might be feeling limited. You might be feeling like you can't do this now that everything is so much more expensive or you might be feeling like there isn't anything that you can do, but you can make a difference. And I really, really encourage you to set yourself a challenge by finding that fuel outlet in your area for the cheapest petrol for your car or I encourage you to look for low-cost, high-nutrition meals and start saving some money on the meals that you're having during the week for you and for your family. And I encourage you to look out for what's on sale and look out for those the cheapest of what is available at the supermarket. Give it a try. Don't be bound by brands um, because the alternatives are just as good and you'll be saving money, which is going to give you more peace of mind. I just want you to know that there's so much that you can do and working with what you can do is always, always the best place to start. And please let me know what great ideas you have for saving money and making money stretch and stretch and stretch in tough times. Okay, that's it for this episode. Sending you lots of love, lots of light and blessings. Stay well and stay safe, Sandy. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow hosted by me sandy j this program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset spells out how to spot the red flags 
advisors on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.